Welcome back to In the Trenches, a podcast for youth pastors by youth pastors. Charlie, Gary, and Elliot are here with me, Josh Wellborn, and I don't even know what we're talking about today. Welcome back to In the Trenches, everybody. Um, again, that right there was the one and only Josh Wellborn that gave us the introduction to our podcast today. It was a nice switch up from Elliot. I feel like I said this off air, but I feel like that's what Elliot wished he sounded like when he opened up these podcasts. We should have just convinced people that was me. But they would have known. Just doing a voice. Like that voice was a lot I deeper. I sound that great. I could it, do that voice. It, it, sound, it sounds better All than right. what Elliot does. Welcome back. <laughs> Back to in the trenches podcast. Well, this is like keep a sesame your feet street. on the ground and keep reaching for the stars. I feel like I could have done radio. You could. I've uh, got a face for radio. Could. You do have a face for radio. I don't know radio. if anybody's still doing radio, Elliot. <clears throat> that's what podcasts are, I think. Well, that's, that's fair. Like the, the I think we, we are doing radio right now. That's fair. That's that, fair. Yeah, I'll yeah. take it. Uh, but we are back with another episode of In the Trenches. We got Gary, Elliot, and myself, and we're sitting down mm. with Josh. Wellborn, Josh, how you doing? I'm groovy, groovy. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, that threw me off a little bit. I, I wasn't it threw ready me for off, that. Charlie. <laughs> I wasn't ready for it. Groovy, groovy. Th- this is. I don't know if you know this, but you're the way you do this is is uh, it's it's very professional and it's it's almost intimidating. Is it professional? I feel like mm-hmm. I just throw this stuff together and then we. Yeah, but I've done other podcasts with people, and this is you have you have a mixing board, you have gold microphones. Yeah. The gold uh, is the, it's the extra touch. We there's spray cables them. running everywhere. <laughs> this is it's a lot. We're all wearing headphones. Yeah, it looks expensive. It yeah. It, this is like the the Walmart brand podcast stuff okay. that I found online. Well, the, the but to put in perspective, usually when I do a podcast with someone, I, I come in and they've got their little snowball microphone mm. that we have to share. Yeah, which is awkward. Yeah, that would be a little weird. Like you both go in at the same time yeah. to make a, a statement. Well, I thought you were going to say make out, but yes, because <laughs> that's how it feels. <laughs> it feels like you're just too close. But uh, Josh, you've been on the podcast before. We recorded really right around a year ago out in Cathedral City mm-hmm. and uh, at uh, Matt Dudley's church. But for anyone that's new that's listening, why don't you share a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you do, and then we'll jump into that, that highly anticipated crazy youth ministry story. I always told people I was an old youth pastor until until I met Gary. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I met an old youth pastor. <laughs> <laughs> What's crazy is we're we're pretty close to the same age. My goal is to is to just to be out, older than to him. Outlast, <laughs> <laughs> to outlast. Uh, well, of course, yeah. I you know Gary's also a lead pastor and, and a leader in the the network as well. Uh, I was a youth pastor until the age of forty, though, mm. and then was district youth director in Michigan. And for the last almost five years, it's coming up on five years, uh, National Youth Director for the Assemblies of God. Nice, nice. Um, that's, the, that's, the, that's the generic resume real I quick. I think in the episode we'll get more details about the story. That's kind of what we were talking about, yeah. hearing more about. That was, a soulless, that was a soulless telling of the last well, 25 we'll, years of my life. We'll get more information throughout the episode. Yeah. Are oh, you going to yeah. say your goal was to outlast me? Yeah, in youth ministry. <laughs> but you're like you're a lead pastor now, but I don't you you've you've uh I feel like everybody's goal should be to outlast you though. That was never and then, mind. And then because, they won't. Well because Gary, what I'm thinking of No, they won't. But Gary, what I'm I thinking of I didn't say is, it, I almost said it. Wait, said what? What did I miss? 
nothing. He's going to – let's move on. Uh, that was other people's goal too. That's what I mean. Like so many people <laughs> – Yeah. Don't – they don't stay in long enough. Yeah, it's true. They get discouraged. They, they move on. They do other things. And yeah. I think that they just – sometimes you just got to stay in it. You got to keep coming back for more. It's true. That's a part of the reason I we connected at first. When yeah. I saw him at camps and stuff, I said, I want to do youth ministry as long as he has. There you go. That's good. That's all I meant by that. Maybe that's a better way of saying no, it. No, it's good. No, that's good. Um, no, it's good. We just keep saying that all episode. <laughs> it's good. It's good. It's good. No, no, no it's but good. it is good. Um, and, and indeed, no, no, it is. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Right, okay, no, it is good. Move on. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Josh, uh, do you, I, again, do you kind of shared a little bit right now of kind of your past and just being a youth pastor? For no, he's got to share his story. It no, didn't, it's, it's it didn't good, seem like bro. you were setting bro. that up, bro. This is back-to-back episodes. Well, you need to. Yeah, you two need to communicate. Will people actually listen to this? Yeah. yeah I will. don't know what a your couple. metrics are. Have you, have you know you? who listens to this? <laughs> the one person I know listens to this is Carson Cooper from <laughs> <laughs> Colorado because uh, he calls me every time we release a new episode and tells me, what I did wrong. Oh, Elliot, do you and it listen does, to Carson's podcast? I did. It, it doesn't <laughs> exist anymore. He's not doing it anymore? No, it doesn't no, exist. No. R.I.P. It was doomed from the beginning. It was yeah. great. It's That's how I was episode one. Oh, I, I listened. That was a great episode. Austin was on that. Austin and I told was, him to call Austin. I said, call Elliot. I said, call Vince Parker. I was trying to name all the people who I thought had sweet fashion. I'm still sense. waiting. I don't understand why I never got it. <laughs> a country episode. <laughs> bro, we'd make it happen. Sponsored always, by Boot Barn. <laughs> by Wrangler, bro. Get it straight. You guys always make fun of Charlie, but I think he's cool. Yeah. Thanks, Josh. Then again, I'm, I grew up in southern Missouri. Yeah, so. exactly. And it fits. The other day, someone he came to like our house. He'd be like a cool house. kid in Missouri. <laughs> <laughs> They be, he, he goes to Missouri. They're like, what's up, city boy? <laughs> Someone came up to, the, to our house the other day, and I was wearing – I can't believe I'm saying this because Gary Elliott are going to make fun Daisy Dukes. Of me. <laughs> <laughs> I was wearing a camouflage Hello. jacket. It was a Cabela's camouflage jacket. Okay. The guy opens – I open the door, and the guy's right there. And he's like, where, where are you? you? <laughs> <laughs> nice. There we go. <laughs> no, we get to talking. He's talking about putting solar this on house. This house is haunted. <laughs> I just see a big pink head <laughs> with a mustache. <laughs> but he was like, are you from here? And I was like, I don't know if I should take, like, how do I take yeah, that? You're usually <laughs> the one asking people that. And this is in Norco? <laughs> no, this wasn't. It's right next to Norco. It's Corona. That's where oh, we live. Sure. Our church is in Norco, though. Mm. Yeah. So it was just very random. But I'm glad you said that. Um, apparently, I have a, a, a floating pink head, though. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is the first you're hearing about this, bro? <laughs> I usually get red, not pink, but um, but Josh. No, uh, your neck is red. (laughs) (laughs) You get it? It's a badge of honor, Charlie. It is a badge of honor. It is. It means you work hard. That's Um, right. right. But uh, Josh, enough about me and my red neck. Um, Why don't you share a crazy youth youth ministry story that you have? Oh, I didn't have enough time to think about this one. We could pause on this. You really put me on the spot. Uh, Crazy youth ministry stories. Oh, gosh. If you go to YouTube, my very, very first YouTube. I think it's been long enough. I see Austin Westlake over in the corner. He's shaking his head. I don't, am I going to get myself in trouble for sharing this? I thought it would be. A, I was doing a sermon on fear, and uh, I, I did what a lot of youth pastors do. I was sharing it with my youth leaders you know, before the night of the event. I think it was actually that afternoon. And I'm like, you know, it's like you know, fear is just the enemy. Just, he's, he's all bark and no bite. You know, it's, like, it's like he's pointing a 12-gauge at you. But he doesn't have real bullets. He's got blanks in there. Mm. And I don't know whose idea it was. <laughs> no way this is going where I think it's going. <laughs> Ellie, do you know what a 12-gauge is? 
Oh my gosh, dude, come on. Yes, of course I know what a 12 <laughs> gauge is. Well, and this was in kind of semi-rural Michigan. <laughs> not only not only are there a plethora of 12 gauges in rural <laughs> Michigan, there was some, there were some blanks as well. And so we fired a, oh uh, my. The, as a sermon illustration. And uh, somebody videoed it, and it's on YouTube. You can look it it's up. On, what is the title of the video? Uh, How many views does it have? It's, I, it's, it's been a long time, you guys. Like, this was so long ago. Uh, I, I could probably it. find it on YouTube. That it, is I need to see this. wild. I know there was one comment that was like, I'm all about, I'm all about teaching kids about the Bible, but come on. Did you, sh- <laughs> did you shoot it at them? No. Oh, okay, okay. No, I, 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 I think the line was something like, and the enemy yeah. wants to scare you know he's just he's all bark and no bite yeah. and fear is like this shotgun yeah i, I really want to see this though because i want to put this on on social media link it yeah, yeah. when we when we make this <laughs> post yeah well i think it's been long enough i don't i know my it favorite another, part of all of this guys, it was another time yeah true this was not this was not recent how this long was, ago the like 2000s before you were born no. I mean, like how what? Well, I don't know how old you guys are, but it was it was it's been a minute. Oh man. My favorite part of this whole experience of YouTube you telling the story was Austin was yes. like shaking his head the whole time. But but I should also point out that when I was searching my mind for a story, I look over at Austin and he pantomimed. Yeah, he did. He, did. he, he asked for it. Pantomime the uh, the twelve gauge. Yeah. Which we all, if you were in a youth group in the early two thousands, you probably did that hand gesture as you were a gang member who was about to get saved in a human video. Oh, great! We talked about human videos well, on our episode with. You know, it's an important part of our, our uh, youth ministry history. You know, Charlie did not know about human videos. This is back-to-back Again, moments. it's an important part of, of youth ministry history, uh, Charlie. You, you know, speaking of human videos and being the gang member, one time in junior high we did a human video at the park to R. Kelly's Christian song. Uh, you know what I'm talking about? He made a Christian album right after he got out of jail. Kind of like Kanye? No, 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 very different. But he... Uh, Sorry. He, I, I played the, the drug dealer, and so I shaved my head into a mohawk. You know how drug dealers have <laughs> mohawks. But that's what that, in my head, I'm like, yeah, I'll do a mohawk so it's authentic. And I was the drug dealer in it. Um, <laughs> Charlie's watching this. the shotgun illustration. <laughs> this is reminding me. It's I, got like 800 views. I don't know. It, it, it didn't really so go viral. Funny. <laughs> that's from... How, what's the date it on that? It will now, that 16 years ago. Yeah. Man, that yeah. is so... It reminds me, I, I did a, a sermon illustration. Oh, you see the... I love you see yeah, the you girl see the jump whole, right the there. The whole room jumped. It was dumb. It was dumb. Dude. I think it's great. It's I, It's incredible. I, it reminds me... I did of a your people. I'm so proud of it. I'm all, I'm all, <laughs> <laughs> what? What's wrong with you people? <laughs> it reminds me of my pop pop. <laughs> Man. What All does right. it remind well, you of? Let's go on to uh, <laughs> no, please, Charlie. What does it remind you of? No, it, <laughs> again, reminds you. Yeah. We're in yeah. we're in Norco, and I pulled out my compound bow and like used it as a sermon illustration, and yeah. had kind of the same reaction of kids like, why do you, why is this out in front of me right now? Granted, compound, it's nowhere new. Also, compound bows are just a terrible weapon to have because you trying to pull. Well, you got to be strong. The tension on the bow. I'm talking about. If a burglar walks in, well, yeah, I don't. There's a lot of other. Sense. There's a lot of other things, but um, you lost me. I don't even know what we're talking. About. I don't know That's either. Fair. Let's we, get back we, on track. Yeah, guys. we we went 
Do I need my so. camouflage Cabela's <laughs> <laughs> pullover topper? Um, but Josh, one thing that um, if you go online and you go to the Assemblies of God website, AG.org. AG.org. And you go to the youth section. AG.org. It shows you as our our national youth director. Yes. And it says that you were in broadcast before going into youth ministry. So I want to talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Going from. We want to hear your story. Yeah. Your testimony. Even before broadcast. Because you've grown up in the church. I grew up in church. Yeah. Yeah. So we just want to give you a chance to share your story for some who well, have maybe never heard it. E- how much time do we have? We got all the time in the world. We got all the time in the world. Dinner, dinner's at six. We got two hours. Uh, so ministry home. That was yeah. me. Youth ministry home. My, my dad, my earliest memories were my dad being the DYD of Alaska and being at youth camp. Well, and, how, uh, how long did you spend in Alaska? Just a couple years. Okay. But like those are my early, that's like when you say, what do you, what's your first memory? It's like, oh, Beaver Lake or whatever it's called. Wow, I can't that's remember crazy. what it's called up there. But, um, yeah, and, and so, and he was also a pastor, so he was a, a bivocational DUID, and um, so uh, those are the earliest memories. We, we traveled, my dad traveled for 10 years after that as an evangelist, singing, and he, he has gospel albums that he sold eight tracks and records, nice. and, and uh, for Father's Day a few years ago, we put them on Spotify, so they're on there, so you can ask Spotify How do you do play. that? Because my dad did the same thing. Yeah, you and should it's do that. Not it's on a great Father's Day gift. Yeah, I'll do yeah, it. Yeah, he gets a check every month. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. there's people that listen to it. Like, I'll, and talk, he gets, I'll talk to and you about it And he gets these messages from people who were teenagers at youth camps that he preached at he in the did. 70s. And yeah. Yeah, you should totally do it. It's a great so idea. So CD Baby, for anybody wondering, go to cdbaby.com, and it yeah. walks you through the whole thing. CD Baby's a company out of Portland. I'm really glad my dad doesn't listen to this podcast. And they'll put it on all... <laughs> They'll put it on all platforms for you. Great. Uh, you, you pay them, and then, but then if you if, if enough people listen to it, you get the money back. So, um, what are we talking about? So then, my folks, my bo- both my folks were youth pastors. My my, you know, in the, so while my dad was traveling full time, my mom was overseeing the youth ministry at the church we attended in Ohio, which is where we landed. Oh, H. Mm. Yep. And but then failed twice. <laughs> and failed twice. Yeah. And then in middle school, we moved to Springfield, Missouri where my mom ended up working at Evangel University and my dad uh, worked at the National Office of the Assemblies of God. And so I was a ministry kid and didn't want to do it. And uh, didn't, didn't I, you know, I, when, you're, when you're a teenager, when you're a college student and when you're 20, whatever, you, you know everything. And, um, and I just thought, I don't want to be a part of this organization. You know, it just, um, I, don't, I don't know how much of that was spiritual and how much was just, typical adolescence Mm. but i remember at the time the national youth director uh doug clay he just took me out for coffee one day and and he i was a college student at evangel and i was telling him all the reasons i thought you know church all the things that were wrong with church and i don't he didn't correct me on anything but he was very kind and he was very affirming and he was very attentive and i i went home and i i said you know dad if there were more leaders like that in the assemblies of god i'd stay Mm. And, and he said, well, I, I think Doug will be general superintendent one day. You know, Doug was just one of those guys. Anybody that's been around him, he's just got a, a leadership capacity that everybody kind of goes, huh, we're going to, we should pay attention to what that guy's saying. And so that's, that was kind of why I stayed in the Assemblies of God. And then and at the time I was working broadcasting, I, so there was a Christian radio station in my town growing up in high school that I interned at. 
And the, the guy that managed it also did a talk show on secular radio, and it was the cool rock station in my town. So like all the teenagers in my high school would listen to this radio show on, on Sunday nights. And it was a lot of like call in and let's, you know, he's got a special, you know, guest who's, you know, also a therapist, you know, so teenagers would call in and talk. And, and this is in the day before podcasts. So, so yeah. that was kind of a cool thing back in the 90s. And what did you do at the at the radio station? As a teenager? Yeah. Um, I would go get like on man on the street interviews because there was a lot That's of like cool. there was a lot of like funny stuff in it. So I'd go interview people at the mall or downtown about whatever the topic was that week and with, you know, just man on the street type questions. And if it was usually it was something relevant to what was going on in the community or national news or whatever at the time, who they wanted to win in the World Series, stuff like that. So when I graduated, he hired me at the station he managed to do midnight to 6 a.m. And within about six months, he let me do um, an evening like Christian rock radio show for teenagers and i always knew that i was called the teenager so i was like well lord this will this is my ministry yeah, like yeah. lord i'll fulfill my calling by doing this and i did that for eight years uh so all through college and then for the few years after but all the while i knew what, i was supposed to be a youth pastor what's your favorite uh christian rock band Ooh, from question. the 90s yeah christian rock band from the 90s i'm looking at gary because i bet he's got a favorite too i feel like you have to say striper mm. <laughs> but they're more 80s yeah so, and then of course, nineties, you know, DC talk and Petra and audio adrenaline and, but I got into the alternative stuff. So I'd have to say maybe like MXPX. Okay. Those guys are from, oh no, they're not from out here. Oh, Supertones. They're from your backyard. Ellie has no idea what's happening. You don't know the Orange County Supertones? Mm-mm. <laughs> Gary. <laughs> I don't. He's young. You have failed this. Do you know the Supertones? <laughs> he probably is friends with them. No. <laughs> yeah, Jason Carson went to Vanguard. Yeah, I didn't know any of those guys. Though. Oh, you didn't? No. You know the guy from Corn is from Bakersfield? No. That He's a Christian. Brian Welsh? The Christian one. Yeah. Head. The, yeah, 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 yeah. Very cool. He's from well, Bakersfield. Cool. Darren Poe's from Bakersfield. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Leading the Christian rock. I feel like I'm boring power. you guys with my no. story. I knew when you asked this, I'm like, it's a bore, It's long. It's boring. No, well, I'm like, but but those are some of the highlights. And basically, my youth, I knew that I needed to be involved in youth ministry. Mm-hmm. So I went to my youth pastor, and I was like, I, I, you know, I feel like I could, you know, help out, and you know, whatever you need, just let me know. And and um, he was like, Are you called to be a full time youth pastor? And I just said yes. And like, I was like, Where did that come from? Because <laughs> I was trying to say, Well, I do this radio show, yeah. and blah blah blah. But my mouth just said yes. And he's like, well, what are you doing? And at this point, I'm like 24, college degree, pretty much debt-free, living in an apartment with some guys, just having fun, doing the young adult thing. And he's just like, you, you really need to think about what you're doing. I'm like, okay, okay well, what should I do? Should I go back to Bible college? Because my degree was in media. Mm. And uh, so he's like, why don't you intern here with me? And which is code for free labor. Yeah, <laughs> just yeah. kidding. No, but he invested in me pretty, pretty heavily for the next two years. And then um, during that time, fell in love with my wife or, or rather she fell in love with me because I was already in love with her prior to that. <laughs> um, and so, uh, yeah, we got married. And, and then uh, when we were 20, so we didn't really become, we didn't really go into full time youth pastoring until we were 20, until I was 26. So I was a little bit older than, than most of the, most of the startup dudes. And so, yeah, that's. That's the, sh- that's the, that's the long, short version. <laughs> <laughs> um, then how, um, not to go back into your story, but, and how did you become the national youth director? 
Mm. So I know that this is, you said five years ago, or for about five years now, you've been the National Youth Director. And so how'd that come about? Um, well, so I was, I ended up being, I was in Seattle, Washington for a couple of years. And then I went to, you know, I, like a lot of young people, I wanted to get out of my small town. Mm. Like I want to go somewhere cool. And of course I was a nineties kid. So nothing was cooler than Seattle back then. And, and it just so happened that, that one of the, one of the executive pastors from our home church was pastoring out there. So there was a relationship. And so he took us out and I can just, you know, let me just say, I, we were trying so hard to fulfill all the all the dreams God gives you when you're interning, when you're when you're a new leader, some of those dreams are for later. Mm. Yeah. And it's yeah. really hard to understand that because if you try and do them all at once, which we did, one, you wear yourself out. It's too it's too much. Yeah. It's too much for you and it's too much for the people that you're trying to lead. People mm. can only process so much change at once. And we just wore ourselves out, we wore the people out, and after 2 years I was like I'm done. Yeah. Like I'm not going to do this anymore. I'll go back to radio. Uh, I'll go be a volunteer youth worker with Pastor Scotty back at James River in Springfield. And some of you know Scotty Gibbons. Um, but the Lord was like, oh, you're going to be disobedient? I'm like, well, well no, I'm not going to be disobedient. And so I sent my resume to like three people that I thought nobody's going to call me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to go back to Springfield. And, and, um, but this guy called me from Michigan, just a small town in Michigan. And he's like, you know, we just built a skate park. And I'm like, oh that's my, that's my thing. Like yeah. I'm, I'm not good at conventional sports and I'm, and I'm not even good at skating, but that was my, that was my culture as a teenager. And, and that was the group that I would hang out with and, and, uh, was drawn to. And, and so, um, we went to this town of 12,000 in Michigan and all our, all our ministry dreams came true. It was just awesome. The ministry grew, kids got saved. We sent buses into the trailer parks down the dirt roads outside of Flint, Michigan. And, and they came, and the Lord was good to us. And uh, so we, anyway, we youth pastored for 12 years in Michigan. And, um, and then the district there invited us to, to, to be the district youth director. And after about three years, and I was 40 at that point. So I was a youth pastor until I was 40. And then, uh, which a lot of young guys can't even imagine. And, and I hope they do. I, I tell people that because I want it. Like I want some, we need more 40-year-old youth pastors. Yeah. We need them to, to stick it out to where they have the wisdom and the maturity and the leadership capacity to do even greater things for the next generation. But oftentimes in the 20s and the 30s, uh, you, you know, someone gets, becomes a lead pastor. That's great. Praise the Lord. But what's, what's so discouraging is when they exit youth ministry for some other career and they literally say, we weren't able to make ends meet. Hmm. That's, that's what is always so heartbreaking. So... Um, anyway, uh, how, and the national office, I don't know what to tell you, Charlie, they called me like, I don't know. I, I, it, it was the, I will say this. I wanted to live in Springfield, Missouri. And I know that's a strange thing to say. <laughs> yeah. Not very many people. Exactly. Say that. I know. I know. And, and you guys know that when, when employers, because the church world is just like any other world, em, employers want people who want to be there. Yeah. And I, no one asked me, do you want to be back in Springfield? No one, you know, but I think, you know, Doug Clay was the one that called me. And, and as I already mentioned, we had a relationship. We'd known each other for a lot of years. You know, we weren't best, best buds or anything, but he was somebody that I was always like, hey, Pastor Doug, you know, hey, talk to me about, you know, leadership, you know, this or that. You know, I, I, I can't think of any specific examples, but those, you, you know, the, you, know the, yeah. you know, the scenario. And, um, and we were just thankful for the opportunity. We, we, we weighed it heavily. You know, we, yeah. we didn't want to say yes just because it was a, a quote-unquote promotion. 
didn't want to say yes just because it was in our hometown. In fact, you know, Jennifer and I were actually a little conflicted about going back to Springfield. I, I wanted to, and she was very, very hesitant. And in the end, we both feel like we heard from the Lord. And so when the invitation came, we, we said yes with enthusiasm. So, so the Lord orchestrates it is the short answer. You, it's not something you apply for. Uh, just like DYD, you know, I'm looking at Gary Garcia. You don't, you don't apply for it. Um, when, when the Lord has a position for you, um, you just need to be faithful in your corner of the vineyard that you're assigned to. And Jeannie Mayo says, bloom where you're planted. And mm. I think that's good. You, you thrive where, you're, where the Lord has put you, where you're assigned. And if that's a, a large church setting, make it a healthy large church setting. Yeah. If it's a small church setting, make it a healthy small church setting. Uh, if it's good. in a small town, make it, you know, love the, love, how do you love people in a small town? You know, for us, it wasn't doing, you know, urban style outreach. Yeah. You know, we weren't bringing in hip hop artists and, and things like that. It was, um, it was digging a mud pit. It was uh, going. Are you writing this down? Yep. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm learning a lot. Charlie right would now. have been saved a lot earlier <laughs> if somebody <laughs> invited him to a mud pit. Yeah. Night. That was our, that was one of our big outreaches we every had a year. Was the pulled. mud pit? What mud pit? Charlie, night. We literally dug a mud pit every year, and the fire the local fire department would bring one of their tanks out and, and water it for That's us. Sick. Put That's ten thousand gallons. Of, yeah, good I old days. I need to hang out in Missouri once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> and we, you know, but at the same time, we built a skate park in a small town in the Midwest. But that's yeah. what was popular at the time. It was yeah. it was the first uh, version of uh, pro skater, Tony Hawk pro skater, and yeah. every kid in Middle America wanted to skate, but there there were no skate parks. So we built one and. Um, and they came. Yeah. Um, I kind of have a question. It might be a, a loaded question, but like you said, you were a youth pastor until you were 40. And yeah. then went to being the DYD. And there's something that you were saying about being faithful with where you're at. Being yeah. faithful with where God's called you to be. And um, I just want to, for those that are out there that are listening, that might be an, an older youth pastor. Mm-hmm. Um, or even someone that's out there listening right now that's like questioning where they're at. And whether they should be looking for another position or what that might look like. How can they um, practically, I guess is the, a question to ask, practically be faithful in the middle of the situation they're in or being faithful in the um, the position that they're in. Are you talking about someone who their mind and their heart are already going somewhere else? Or? Um, that yeah, I would say that are maybe even questioning where they're at right now. So, I went through this at, because I've obviously transi- transitioned a couple of times yeah. from from one location to another, and I remember before I became district youth director, I did not know. I do. I wouldn't have thought that I was a candidate. There were other youth pastors in the district that I thought were better qualified. And, and our DYD wasn't going anywhere. He'd been there 12 years, and he was going strong. He was doing a great job. I was you know, one of his inner circle leaders as a sectional rep, and so I had no reason to believe. But I remember there came a point, because my heart and my attitude, and this is what I tell every youth pastor, you know, how long, you know, how long should you be in that church? forever hmm. unless the lord takes you somewhere else that's good and so my attitude and my mindset were like no we're gonna be here forever like i'm gonna like like my kids were little at the time and i remember thinking they're gonna be in the youth group they're gonna graduate high school here they're gonna be a part of the college ministry you know things like that and then i remember one day i just had this distinct feeling it's like oh this is not forever hmm. 
And so you get that stirring in your heart. And I think that's what you're talking about, yeah. Charlie, because yeah. that is not, I don't want to punish someone because they have those feelings. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to, you know, talk down to them because they're having those feelings. I did have those feelings. It was a stirring and it was this, I went home and told Jennifer, my wife, I was like, we're not going to be here forever, but I really, really want to be faithful while we're here. And so I could, it's funny because I would pray in the same place every day at that church. There was a, like this prayer garden out back and there's a, there's a, a lattice thing that you walk under that has like ivy growing on over it. And, and I just kind of got in the habit of every time I would walk under that lattice, it would trigger the same prayer. And I would say, thank you, Lord, for the full ride scholarship to Mount Hope University, because that was the name of the church, Mount Hope, not university. I added the university part. <laughs> I said, thank you for the full ride scholarship to Mount Hope University. Help me to graduate with honors. Mm. Because I knew, because you can't, you can't just quit because you know you're going to go somewhere else one day. Yeah. Or, or, you know, or if you're, let's say you're, you know, you're serving in Norco, but, but man, I know that we're going to plant a church one day in, in uh, you know, Temecula. We're going to plant a church up in Stockton, you know, whatever. Um, that doesn't mean that you don't focus on Norco anymore. Yeah. And I'll just say from a practical perspective, for those who do get, who have the blessing of getting a paycheck from the church, if you're getting paid the company money, you need to be faithful to the yeah, company. That's good. You know, and I'm not trying to insult the church by calling it a company. I'm just saying like you have a, you have a, 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 a legal obligation yeah. for those, for the, whatever number of hours they're expecting you of you to give all that you've got. And there's all kinds of scriptural support for that. But for me, it really was treating it like, like I want to graduate with honors and everybody can relate to that. You know, you're going to graduate one day, but in the meantime, until school's over, you're responsible for those grades. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we did. And so when the day came, I went to my pastor and I said, pastor, they've asked me to be DYD, but I'm telling you, I'm not going to go without your blessing mm -hmm. because I, and I said to my wife, I said, if he says, I release you from your commitment here. Yeah. Like I, it was almost like a fleece type situation. I said to my wife, I'm like, if he says I release you, I'll know that we just need to stay put. He yeah. said, but if I, and, but, and I, but I said, if I'm sending you, but he didn't say either. He said, I bless this, Josh. I want this. You were born for this. So it was uh, when the time came, it was a confirmation from him. It was comfort, you know? So I think, I think that the, the short answer is how do you be faithful where you are? You serve as unto the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> like it's yeah. just that simple it's good but i but i do practice what i preach and um or at least i did you know yeah I, I and i i will continue to you know hopefully do that moving forward that's the plan anyway what's um in the new i mean not new you've been doing this for five years but like what is like a difference i'm there's probably many but one of the biggest differences serving as the national youth director as opposed to being a local youth pastor in a youth ministry? So, well, local youth pastor, local youth ministry means hanging out with teenagers. Yeah. And I don't get to do that as much. I did last night. I was with, you did. I was with the, the students in your youth group and, and I went out to in and out with them last night. That was so fun. Uh, Mateus was showing me his van and getting all stoked about it. It's so good. But, um, I mean, that's the biggest difference. You're just not hands-on with students anymore. Yeah. And, and those who, um, I, I also, you know, as, as you evolve, for lack of a better term, as a leader, you get better at leading leaders, yeah. which means you're leading teams, which means you have systems in place. Um, oftentimes that leads to numerical growth. It might not, it doesn't have to, but um, so you end up overseeing these systems. And there came a point as a youth pastor, and this was very, very true as the DYD 
and is certainly true now. There came a point as a youth pastor where I looked at my volunteer youth worker team and I said, you guys aren't here to help me do the ministry. You are the ministry. And I know that's true for, for Gary and his team there at Cornerstone. They are the ministry. And I think that becomes the attitude of the heart. And it, I love it. Yeah. Like, it's just the best. How do you, um, I feel like this is a good question for youth pastors, but also the role that you're in and, and here with the SoCal team. How do we, as we get further and further away from our understanding of youth culture, like being in high school, you were a youth pastor up until 40 years, um, 40 years old. Like, yeah. how do you, and especially in the role you're in now, leading nationally a youth movement, and you're further away from that experience with like teenagers, I think sometimes like we could get like youth theory, you know, like mm-hmm. we, we get into these zones of like, this is what the students need. And we're all adults, like we're grown trying to figure that out. Like, how do you keep uh, an understanding of like youth culture? Uh, do you understand where I'm trying to ask? Like, how do you? Yeah, but I'm your, very curious your to hear finger, how you ask it, though. Your finger on the pulse of youth how do you stay ministry. Yeah, yeah, how do you stay youthful is what he's no, asking. No, no, <laughs> not that. But just like we have to lead youth ministry. Um, and, and a lot of the times leadership on these higher levels can get you further and further away mm-hmm. from relationship Absolutely. with teenagers, which I feel like is the best way to understand what teenagers need. Yeah. Um, and so how, how do you do that personally? So I've got three teenagers that live in my house. Yeah, that's so great answer. That's no, a, that's a I, thought, answer. I thought that's my what, yeah. what you say. But. Well, and, and any parent knows that the relationship you have with your own children is very, very different than the relationship you had even with the closest teenagers in your youth group. Uh, there are very, there's a lot of similarities, but there's some, the, the distinctives are very different. But I think the majority of youth pastors that last past their, into their 40s, um, most of the time, almost probably 90% of the time, would have teenagers at that mm-hmm. point too. That they're, I mean, I know it's yeah. one well, of the reasons I was able to last is I've raised yeah. three different teenagers in my youth ministry that well, were mine. And I guess both of you guys would be good to ask this question because I'm sure there's levels too of you get into this long enough that like there are things that can change, but there are constants in youth ministry which probably help with longevity. I, I guess like what's the the balance of that of like the consistency of even like, you know, we talked about with Austin of discipleship and things yeah. like that, but then learning the, the, you know, the new trends and things of in, that nature. No matter what trends come and go in, in, in life, um, relationship is still the key to youth ministry. Mm, yeah. It's real relationship with teenagers. If you still want to build a relationship with teenagers, you're still going to be successful in youth ministry because they're not trying to dress like you after you <laughs> reach a certain point. They're not trying to, you know, be like you, but they'll remember that relationally what you into their life That's what good. you you know you go from literally in youth ministry it's the weirdest thing because you go from being a big brother to a father figure mm. at wow. some point yeah it switches and and they see you as that That's yeah. good. yeah and then i and i think for everybody that's called to a, a community or you know whether it's a geographic location or a people group you just have a grace for that group and I've just noticed, like, I have a grace for teenagers. Like, I don't, I don't know why. Like, there's a, there's a gang of one-wheel teenage. You know what the one-wheel is? That motorized, oh, yeah, it's like yeah, a motorized yeah. skateboard, but it's got one wheel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. a cool unicycle. Yeah, there's like eight of them. <laughs> there's like eight of them in my neighborhood. I, I kid you not. Have you seen them, Austin? The one-wheel gang? He leads it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's him. <laughs> in his leather jacket. 
and like I see these guys and one of them that lives across the street and I know his dad and I see these guys and they go by and 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 I can see my other neighbors are just getting irritated they're like dad is so dangerous they're just yeah. in the street and you know they're just going up to the convenience store to get you know sodas and junk food and stuff so they're not doing anything nefarious but yeah but like if you're a youth worker, you see that and you go, oh, man, I wish yeah. I was one of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> I wish true. I was with them. There are times, though, that I've se- I'll see teenagers in a non-youth context and I'm like, man, these-. like at, Bro, at an amusement park, an amusement park when they're when oh. they're cutting in line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. yeah. You, you start to be, and then you remember <laughs> later, you're like, wait, wait, I should be reaching these. Are guys. You, <laughs> but I think, too, there's moments where you're just drawn to them still. Like, oh, yeah. We were in Israel yeah. recently and we were at the top of some mountain middle of nowhere and we get to the top, and, and Amy and I somehow get separated from our team, and all of a sudden this group of high school students from Israel walk in on mm. a school, um, like a, a bus outing. Yeah, their school outing, and, and so I'm talking to them, and they instantly, I'm just drawn to them, yeah. and, they're, yeah. and, we're, and we're having a conversation, you know, with them, and why are you here? Where are you from? And, and it just, mm-hmm. you know, cool. I think no matter where we're at, it's just drawn. Even at the Wailing Wall, here's another random one, Wailing Wall, <laughs> I'm there, and, and we're just there on a tour, watching stuff out of nowhere this jewish kid comes up to us and just wants to talk he's a teenager from from england that's been there for like three months on like a a mission type thing and he just again i think we're just drawn to them and i think when you're a youth pastor they're drawn to you at some point dude it's not because i'm the coolest person in the world it's because there's just a passion for students i also just think like i still think like a junior higher a lot in a lot of ways majority of ways and so that that, that's a big indicator for me like there's certain things that i'll see or like someone will say and it makes me laugh or giggle yeah and and like junior hires do that right and and so these are your people that's a, yeah exactly i don't these are my people. i don't ever want I understand to them. not find that funny or right. like or, or be mature it's also the best. i think we passed by me calling those one wheels cool unicycles which i think is a great <laughs> take. It, was a, it was a great take. that's a good take that we should like discuss <laughs> i don't know you know bring I, that back up can i tell a story about I, so this will be real quick my we went out to lunch with a pastor and, and and his youth pastor after i preached one sunday morning when i was dyd michigan and and our youngest daughter i i mentioned i have three teenagers i have a fourth that's 11 and she's a tween so on the verge yes so the the at the time she would have been like four or five and she's sitting next to me at lunch, and the youth pastor had both of his ears. He had he had little little diamond studs in. Cool. And uh, and I don't have any piercings, and and so yeah. you know, so my four year old, she's she's only seen her mom with earrings. Yeah. So she leans over and she goes, "Why does that?" Or doesn't lean over. She wasn't that tactful as a four year old. She just real loud. Why does that? T- why does that man have earrings? And uh, and he laughed and said, "That's what my dad asks me all the time." <laughs> and I said, "Well, next time you can say." Uh, tell your dad this is the native costume of the people group that I'm a missionary to, and I must dress like yeah. them if I'm going to live among yeah, them. I like that. And it's this idea that, you know, like you, we all, I don't know if, if anybody has ever had a missionary in who wears the, the attire that the people of their group, you know, they wear it, they, they, they speak the language, and then they stand there and they say, you know, I can't wait to get back to you know, yeah. uh, Burundi. I can't wait to get back to the people of India. I can't wait to get back. That's how we are as youth workers with teenagers. We just want to get back to the, the people group that God's given well, us a grace why, for. That's why Elliot dresses the way he dresses. Yeah? How does he dress? Like a middle schooler. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is another thing. Like, Charlie not liking the way that I dress proves that I dress 
cool or like a middle school. <laughs> it's like <laughs> I don't my meemaw doesn't like how I dress either so it's probably a good indicator fun fact I don't well, have, you, I don't so have how does meemaws. a middle schooler dress though it's like because I expect a middle schooler like here comes here comes Elliot with his Heelys dude I have Heelys <laughs> Heelys are amazing there we go yeah. perfect <laughs> Heelys are the best way to get around oh man well, Josh, dude, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. We truly appreciate it. We truly appreciate your insight me. and um, your leadership. And just thank you for what you do for um, <laughs> not only just Assemblies of God Youth Ministry, but for youth ministry nationally. I love it. Yeah, mm. We appreciate it. Gary, Elliot, all again, always a pleasure being on the podcast with you guys. Mm-hmm. If yep. you guys <laughs> if you guys have any questions about anything said today, go ahead and reach out to us at uh, on Instagram at SoCal Youth Pastors. But other than that, we love you guys, and we will check you out on the next podcast bro you just start talking sometimes and don't know what you're gonna say at the end of your (laughs) sentence i don't know how and guys will check you out on the next time we have a episode of the podcast (laughs) (laughs) goodbye